2020, you're making about 1500 a month. And then within a year and a half, 10K plus a month. What happened in that 2020 to 2022 range? I'm curious, like what went from 1500 to 10,000 a month? What did you do? Uh, sure. I mean, I implemented. Welcome to the Hey Good Game podcast, where we chat with the creators of your favorite games that you secretly play in the cracks of your day. I'm Nate Cadillac, and I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Cardell. Today, we are excited to speak with Holger Sinback, the creator of online-solitaire.com and worldofcardgames.com. Holger came on. We had we had a great chat. What did you take away from that, Aaron? You know, I, I think his whole story was uh, in, inspiring. You know, started out as a designer, learned to be a developer along the way. Uh, but, you know, I think the thing that really stood out to me is a lot of developers can get kind of focused on like just the tech around it or uh, just the gameplay or, or what have you. Like Holger strikes me as like a, a true entrepreneur at heart and, and just some of the techniques that he used uh, to both uh, figure out what game to pursue and just some of those different things along the way, I think were, were very inspiring and a uh, great story to hear. Yeah. I think for me, it's uh, the idea that he did not take it serious for a long time. And he built this game out of just kind of a, a passion to to learn development. And at some point, you know, for him, at some point, it just something changed. And he just started focusing on a little bit more. And that's what really helped it take off. And I think that's such a great lesson for entrepreneurs, uh, people, even for myself who are who are doing a lot of things like take things serious <laughs> and put some intention behind it because that uh, can actually pay off. So we hope you enjoy this interview with Holger. We'll get right to it. Holger is uh, a developer living in, you're living in Denmark, right? Copenhagen, Denmark? Yeah, in, in Copenhagen, uh, Denmark. And, and that's where I'm from as well. So yeah. Yeah, that's great. We love it there. Uh, he is the developer designer of onlinesolitaire.com, online-solitaire.com. Yeah, I couldn't get that other domain name there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he also recently started running worldofcardgames.com. Is that correct? That, that's, uh, yeah, that's correct. Love it. And Holger's done pretty well for himself. And in this interview, we're going to be kind of chatting and talking about some questions with how he's using this as his main income, um, what he's doing with it every day, and how he's really become kind of an entrepreneur at heart and built uh, games like this um, for other people to play. So uh, we'll just kind of jump into it. But uh, thanks for being here, Holger. Well, thanks for having me. So to kick things off, Holger, what's your favorite game to play? Uh, I mean, at the moment, it's probably Diablo 4, right? So it's a far cry from a, from a solitaire. So, I mean, I, I would be lying if I told you that I was like a, you know, a solitaire enthusiast or, or something like that, uh, even though I did play it a lot when I was a kid. Um, but I mean, I haven't really, you know, done so that much uh, in my uh you know, adult years. So, so it wasn't from a great passion of solitaire that uh, that I created the game. It was more of, a, I mean, I, I wanted to find something like like an interesting programming uh, task that I could do that might also may earn me some money, right? So that was kind of the the, the reason that I I programmed the game at the uh, in, initially. I'd love to hear more about that. I think uh, you know, as a fellow entrepreneur, I'm always intrigued by like how how do people search for their their idea and really decide which one to pursue was there a particular path that that led you to like you you've been in the solitaire space for a while but was there there's something initially that that led you down that path yeah i'm i usually tell people that i'm a designer turned developer um so uh, you know i was a designer and i've always had my own projects right and then nobody wanted to program my uh, my my designs right so i had to learn programming as well um, and then when I was younger, I made a lot of different projects. Uh, I've always, you know, learned by doing. Um, and most of the, those projects, I mean, I always wanted to try to earn some money on the projects, right? But it was, uh, I didn't have any really, you know, big success uh, stories. Um, and then I became kind of tired uh, of that at some point. And then I took a bit more of an uh, analytical approach um, to things. So I actually 
scrape like a app and I don't know if it if that still exists. It's like a website with a lot of an analytics for for the iOS uh, store and the Mac App Store. Uh, then I scraped the Mac App Store for uh, all the games um, and kind of you know for amount of reviews and uh, um, estimated downloads and all that sort of stuff. And then you know I could make this uh, table of you know okay these apps they have. Uh, kind of this many uh, uh, um, downloads and but they has you know bad reviews and so i kind of found out that the uh, i think it was free cell solitaire actually which is like a, a variant of solitaire uh, that was the the first game that i programmed for, for the mac and um, because it had a lot of downloads but you know it, the reviews weren't that great and when i looked at the app then i felt that i could definitely uh, do it better um, and then on top of that, then, you know, it, it got me uh, going in this new programming language that, that I wanted to uh, try out, right? So so that's the first version of the game that I made that was actually for the for the Mac uh, App Store. And I mean, it wasn't a huge success, but it was a bigger success than, uh, than any of the other projects that, uh, you know, that I've done, um, at least fa- financially, right? So I think I went like 20 bucks or something like that on the first day. <laughs> and then I don't know if it settled at uh, 10 bucks a day, right? Which is not... A lot of money, but you know, if you're a student still, I mean, that's great. That's uh, you know, just money coming in without uh, you doing uh, anything really, uh, and that kind of money kind of got me hooked, right? Um, the, because that's really the best kind of money. That's the money that you earn while you're sleeping. So, so yeah. So, so the very first, uh, um, the, the reason that I actually did solitaire was, you know, kind of uh, was a fun project, right? It's a fun game, but, uh, but. Uh, um, you know, I had this analytical approach where you know I wanted to see if I could could make an app where I actually earned some money on it. Uh. I, I think that there's something kind of back in there that a lot of people might skip over, which is interesting. So you had the idea to scrape App Annie, and you're trying to validate an idea. I'm guessing in that in that moment, like what? I mean, the other ideas or the other projects that I've done, I can't remember exactly what the projects were, but they were kind of a bit more innovative or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, and I really didn't want to what you call reinvent the wheel. Uh, I just wanted to to uh, to now. I just want to try to make something that you know people were already using just better, right? And then the question is, okay, what are people already using, and uh, what can you do better? Um, so th- that's when I scraped App Annie because th- that could g- kind of give you me uh, an estimate of uh, these apps have this and this many downloads, right? So so you kind of uh, um, sort it by by how many downloads they have, and then you just kind of go down the list and see, okay, uh, are they getting good or bad reviews? And if they're getting bad reviews, then you know have a look at the app and see if you can make uh, you know something better. Uh, and and there, you know, I think there were a few games that kind of stood out, but Solitaire was uh, one of them. I absolutely love that approach. I think that's uh, so smart, and uh, it's honestly not an, an approach I hear a lot of from uh, others. You know, starting out or, or figuring out what what path they want to pursue. So, kudos to you. I think it might also have been a bit easier at that time. I think that was uh, ten plus years ago. Uh, I did that, and it was the Mac App Store, which is uh, you know, it's, it's still kind of limited how many apps are on there. Um, I mean, I've also tried to create uh, uh, apps for the uh, iOS, you know, for, for the iPhone app store, right? And it just kind of disappears uh, in the sea of apps. It might lead me to, to you know, where, where do you get your customers, uh, your users, right? Because when you rely on, the, on the, um, I mean, small in-app purchases or when you rely on ads, then you can't really afford to buy them, you know, with ads or anything like that. So you're kind of down to people having to search for you, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so so I, I don't think I, I thought of it at the time, but uh, but one of the great things about the uh, Solitaire is that it's one of those things that the people search for. Uh, and in you know the Mac App Store, there were so few uh, Solitaire apps uh, uh, on there that people actually you know they, they had a chance to find the app uh, that I created. I think. As, sorry, if, sorry if I'm just kind of going off a bit on a tangent. And uh, you know. no, I, I think I think you're 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 telling this story, and there's a lot of interesting milestones along the way. Um, like yeah. for for instance, one is you chose to develop for the Mac App Store at the time, which probably was a new. The store was likely pretty new at the time, and you were trying to take advantage of a trend. It was relatively new, yeah. Yeah, and now. You know, I guess just to to show the transformation, like now it's a website. It's a basically a web game. Do you even have a Mac app anymore? I think they're still up there. 
but I mean, I haven't touched them in ages and I, I might also still earn a bit of money on it, but it's, it's so little that it's just, I mean, actually the first uh, app that I coded for the Mac App Store was a calculator. Uh, and that became quite popular, actually. It was, uh, at, at times, it was the most public calculator, you know, for the for the Mac, you know, from the Mac App Store, uh, at least. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, people don't want to, I, I couldn't earn any money from it. <laughs> so, so even though I had, like, thousands and thousands of downloads, right, uh, I couldn't earn any money from that app. But, uh, but Solisair, for some reason, uh, people were a bit more... Uh, uh, willing to uh, to pay for it, and I still have them uh, up there, like a pro version that people have to pay for before they uh, they download. But yeah, I mean, I don't really earn any money from it uh, anymore. So you you've hinted at a little bit uh, <laughs> business models uh, and your first uh, solitaire game, uh, at least in the Mac App Store. Sounds like maybe that was a a paid app or paid purchase. But your your website is uh, primarily ad supported. Is that correct? I mean, it's almost a hundred percent ad supported. You, I mean, you can you can uh, upgrade to premium, or whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, like a subscription, uh, and then you have, uh, you know, then you get rid of the ads. But I mean, there are so few people you wouldn't believe how few people actually want to uh, to pay for it. So I mean, it's almost a hundred percent ad supported. But on the Mac app, which it sounds like you still have, have you gone back to put ads in that or is that still primarily a, a paid option? The ones that are on there now, you have to pay for them before you can. I mean, that's like a paid app, right? So you have to pay it, then you can download it. I think I, also, I, think I had a free, uh, that was the first one, it was a free one. And then there was like a, uh, I, th I think the, the way it worked, I can't really remember to be honest. <laughs> But I think the way it worked uh, was that you had like uh, 30 uh, free games and then you had to pay for it. Um, and I think you could do that at the, at that time. I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore by Apple. I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, but I think there was at, the, at one point and I couldn't do that anymore. People, uh, people, they only pay for it if they're really forced to pay for it. You know, Solitaire is one of those uh, games that people just expect to be free. Uh, and I mean, in a sense, uh, rightly so, right? Because there are so many options and you can still download on, on Windows. I don't think it comes uh, on uh, default with Windows anymore, but you can still download it. And uh, I mean, so yeah, it is one of those games that are usually kind of free, right? And, and people, they, you know, you know, I, I you know, the, the way the internet works is either you pay for it, otherwise you see ads, right? <laughs> I think you honed in on a, a key business insight. It's, it's really hard to stand out in the iOS app store in a field of, literally millions of apps, Yeah, you know, from a, I, I guess both from a business perspective, but also a developer perspective, what, what are some of the other just differences you've noticed on native apps versus uh, web games? Yeah, I, I, I know, I know they're, they're kind of similar in the sense that, I mean, whether people are searching on the, the app store on, on Google, then you kind of want to pop up, right? Um, so you kind of have to either get good at the, uh, uh, search engine optimization. Uh, otherwise, you have to get good at App Store optimization, or good at it, or you know, be able to run campaigns and stuff like that. But I think it's a lot uh, harder and a lot more uh, expensive uh, on the uh, App Store than than it is on Google. I still, I think that you still, if you kind of find your right niche, or if you kind of get in at the right uh, moment in time, uh, or whatever, you still have a chance in Google. Where I mean, I've had. On the Mac App Store, I did have some success, but on the iOS uh, Store, I've tried several times and I've had so little success. It's been, you know, super, super hard, uh, I find, you know, to kind of pop up when uh, when people uh, search for you. Uh, and then you're kind of left with paid advertisement, uh, right, where people kind of have to know your brand or whatever, right? Uh, and then they search your brand, uh, but... Uh, but I mean, if you're making games, at least these uh, classic games where people kind of know them already and are searching for them already, then you're just competing with so many apps, which is really, really uh, difficult. So, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a very big uh, uh, difference between those two uh, avenues or whatever you want to call them. Uh, I mean, then there's the whole coding aspect as well. Uh, at least if you want to go uh, completely in native and, you know, program it in in, uh, in objective c uh, uh, i mean you can probably also do it in uh, react and uh, i mean you can you can do it in react native nowadays or, or some of these other uh, platforms but i mean that's a whole different uh, aspect right that's the that's the programming uh, aspect of it 
Alright everyone, quick break. Attention game creators, have you ever thought about selling your game? At Hey Good Game, we're looking to acquire and steward some of the most popular and beloved games on the internet. Even if you're just curious, we offer a fast process to getting you an offer. Just provide some basic analytics and revenue details, and we'll quickly get back to you. If you move forward with us, we usually close within 14 days. Visit hey.gg and see how we can take your game to the next level together. And now, back to the show. And, and when it comes to the, to the business part of it, I mean, the programming aspect is kind of the last thing that... Uh that you want to think about really, which is, I mean, it's not very satisfying as a programmer, right? So, <laughs> so it kind of comes to that realization, but, uh, but it is. Spoken like a true entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that the, the bulk of your revenue is really coming from ads, has there been any like major frustrations with that business model along the way or any, any hiccups on monetizing through ads? I mean, I uh, I hate ads as much as the next guy, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see ads, right? Uh, nobody wants to see ads, uh, but then again, nobody wants to pay for stuff either, right? And I don't want to pay for stuff either. So you're kind of uh, left with ads. And from a business uh, perspective, uh, I can just say that ads are super nice. Yeah, I'm I'm a one-person business, right? So I don't have like a whole financial department or anything like that. So the way it works is that you just kind of hook up to uh, to uh, an ad network and there are a lot of different ad networks. Uh, I use Freestar and have been very happy with them. There are a lot of other ones that, uh, I mean, you know, find the one that you like. But the way it works is, you know, they show ads uh, on your website. You basically just provide the space for them and then they send you a check at the end of the month. <laughs> Revenue-wise, it's just so simple, right, compared to a paid-for solution, right, where, where people are, are subscribing or whatever. Uh, I also just implemented uh, a subscription model on uh, on World of Card Games, and people are willing to pay, um, uh, more willing to pay uh, for for these multiplayer card games uh, on that page. But, but you know, then I log into Stripe and I've implemented all this stuff. But then I also see, okay, I have to uh, to deal with taxes somehow, right? Then you have to deal with taxes and deal with taxes yeah. from England and from you know different states in America, and it's just like, oh, Jesus. That's, I mean, that's, uh, it's just, it's a lot of hassle compared to, uh, you know, just, you know, this amount of money getting into your bank account once a month, right? Uh, that's just, it's, it's a lot uh, simpler and, uh, and easier. And people complain about ads, right? But then when they have the option to remove the ads for a, a small fee, then, you know, they don't complain that much anymore. <laughs> that's potentially really interesting insight. So when you give people the option to pay, to remove the ads, do you get less complaints about the ads, even if they're not exercising that option? I mean, I don't really have any measurable uh, uh, insight into that, but I would say, yeah, I do get less complaints. Uh, I think people are less uh, likely to write me. I mean, the way that I do it is that I have the ads and then just above the ads, and I have a little uh, text button that says hide ads. And then when you click that, then you kind of uh, uh, go to like uh, a screen where it says you can hide ads for, I don't know, it's on World of Card Games, I think it's $5 a month or something like that which might sound like a lot, but, you know, a lot of people, they spend several hours a day on the site. And, and when they kind of see that, then I think they're less likely to complain because they know, <laughs> you know, they know like everybody else, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? So yeah. either you pay, otherwise you, uh, you get ads. Um, Do you think with web-based games, there's any other way to monetize? No ads is, is one option, but coming out with a product or coming out with something else that's maybe more in line with with your brand. Have you thought about this at all? I have. Uh, I had a period where I uh, thought about it. It's uh, a couple of years ago, was with uh, Online Solitaire, and I tried a few things. One thing, for example, uh, was uh, that I was intrigued about was this, uh, I can't uh, remember what you, I think it was called like an offer wall. And there are different services out there that are kind of, uh, in, you know, uh, offering uh, those kind of things, which is okay. Then you go through a, a what call a survey, for example, right? And then w once you've gone through the survey, that's something that somebody else is paying for, right? That that they want a survey made, and then they need somebody to do the surveys, and then you know you can choose to do the survey, and then you uh, then you give them like okay, then you don't see ads for a week or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, and I think I still have like a pollfish uh, uh, survey kind of thing uh, on the online solitaire still that people can take and that they don't get asked for a week or something like that. But I mean, so few people are, are, are using it. And uh, 
I mean, it, there, there wasn't anything eff effective about it. I also tried to uh, to uh, kind of hook up with uh, what do you call it, like a card deck website that, that sold uh, card decks, like uh, oh, um, sure, actual card decks. The actual, yeah, yeah physical card decks. Uh, and then they had like a, a referral fee that, you know, then you could get 10% of the, uh, when people bought something. And then I kind of tried to advertise with that, but that was also just a total failure, right? I don't think that I got a, like a, a single click. And it's also, it, it, the thing about ads is that it's, uh, at least it still is, uh, before uh, Chrome kind of, it, you know, Google will take it away at some point, right? That, you know, you're tracked all over the web, right? So, the advertisers have become really good at uh, at you know uh, targeting specifically what you want, right? Um, and with these other things like a survey, I don't know, uh, it's it's not really targeted. And the same with thing with the card decks. I mean, you might be playing like a online solitaire game, but I mean, the chances that you're in need of a, like a physical card deck, they might not be that big, right? <laughs> so uh, you know, ads they're just magical in the way that they're really targeted towards uh, whatever you're interested in and uh, what you search for or whatever right so yeah so I've, I've you know in summary i found nothing uh, that that you know compared to uh, to ads when it comes to to revenue you know one, one thing that i've um i'm always intrigued by is i'm a designer myself but i'm not really a developer at all and you made that transition and i guess maybe for designers who might be listening to this what would you kind of say to them in terms of like how it's helped you just, I'm, I'm curious about your, your path a little bit from designer to developer. Uh, Cause that is always a dream of mine to be like, I just want to build all my own stuff that I've designed, but uh, it, I, I've backed away from that a little bit. So I'm kind of curious about your story from, from that change. I mean, you really have to want, want it, right? It's hard to be good at everything. You know, these days, if I wasn't self-employed and I had to find the, like a job somewhere, um, it might sound like, okay, then I can just go out and say, I can do everything. I can design and I can develop and I can do backend and I can do front end, right? But the truth is that, you know, I wouldn't really fit super well into any of those roles, right? Because I'm not, I'm not uh, amazing at, uh, at any of those uh, things. So, I mean, for, for many uh, uh, designers, I don't know, I, I, if if you want to go into development, I'd probably kind of uh, maybe stick to a to a front end uh, because it's it's so closely at least when you're you know developing for the web or, or for and as an iOS app or whatever it's so closely related to the design um, that you kind of have to I think you almost have to know a, a great deal about the you know front end development to be a really great designer because now it's also about like the movements of buttons and what happens when you hover over this thing and all that sort of stuff right. Um, and and I think for designers, that's a much more natural step to to look at this uh, front end stuff because it, uh, you know, that's how you integrate a design, right? Yeah. And you're moving around colors and uh, and uh, you know making buttons bigger and smaller and all this sort of stuff. Once you get into like the back end stuff, you know, working with databases and all that sort of stuff, I mean, that's just it's it's so different from from uh, what you're doing. Uh, so if you if you really want to do it, I mean you really, uh, I mean you really have to want to do it <laughs> to do it as a designer. I think I, I, I've always been a, kind of an entrepreneurial type, so I, I didn't really think uh, I, I don't think that I f felt like I had a choice. Uh, I kind of felt like I had to do it to kind of you know get my own little weird projects uh, uh, off the ground. And then I also found some uh, interest uh, in it, uh, you know, uh, at some point down the road, uh, kind of, you know, then becomes interesting that you can do all this, uh, this sort of uh, uh, stuff. And you, you, I mean, at the beginning, uh, you kind of, uh, at least I felt kind of uh, powerful, right? Because all of a sudden you can deploy a website and you can make users log in and, you know, you can, you can, you know, do these apps that really big companies uh, do. And it's the same functionality, but, you know, you're just you. So yeah, I mean, if you if you want to, you know, uh, try your hands uh, on it, uh, I, I definitely do like uh, my own project, right? You know, it, designers usually also have their own projects, right? The, those are usually the projects they tend to be most uh, enthused about. And uh, so, you know, that's kind of where you uh, where you're willing to put uh, most of your energy. So at least that that's how I kind of learn programming, right? That, that's uh, all through my own uh, projects. Um, 
And then later down the road, then I went to something called the uh, Hacker School. That was when I was living in uh, New York. Uh, I think it's called the uh, Recourse Center now, um, and it's like a it's like a writer's retreat for for programmers or people who want to be programmers. At least it was at that point. Um, so there, I got like a, a good deal better at the programming. I think so. It was a, it was kind of a long uh, there was a long period where I didn't really know what I was. And I still don't really know what I am, but uh, but there was a long period where I was kind of you know going from uh, just being a designer to to being a a developer. I like to say that uh, yeah. you know startups uh, need generalists, and I, I you know it strikes me like you've got you, you started out as a designer, uh, you picked up the development, you know you've got one of the top ranked search terms on Google for, for solitaire. So certainly you figured out some things along the way about SEO optimization and marketing. I'm, I'm curious, you, it seems like you're getting to a scale now that you might begin to entertain starting to hire others, maybe not full-time, but, uh, you know, uh, bringing in others to help out on certain things. Is that something that, that you are doing or that you've entertained in any way? Um, so I'd rather not like uh, have employees, right? <laughs> because that's a hassle. <laughs> and it's just, it's so nice just being like a, a one-man uh, shop because, I mean, you don't have to be considerate of anybody really. Um, it can also be, uh, you know, pressure sometimes, but, you know, it's just, it, it gives you a lot of freedom, right? And I think if I were to hire somebody, I think it would be a, a programmer specifically because I got, you know, this world of card games. I bought that earlier this year. And there's a lot of stuff uh, that needs uh, doing there programming wise. But I mean, that's just a whole new ball, you know, kind of game, right? So, you know, find a good programmer and then, you know, hire them and manage them and all this sort of stuff. You know, that's like uh, learning SEO from scratch or something. <laughs> Uh, and it's just, it seems like a big task uh, in my mind at, uh, at least. So, I mean, I, I get uh, these days I do pay, you know, people uh, like uh, freelancers, but uh, that's, uh, I think it's mostly entirely for, for SEO related stuff. Uh, so that's for like uh, uh, running uh, campaigns uh, and uh, yeah, diff different kinds of uh, SEO uh, related stuff like, you know, a lot of people are doing that are working with the SEO. You you can only get so far doing things. You you can get far by doing things uh, by yourself, but you can only get so far. And if you also want to spend time, uh, you know, doing other stuff, um, then you better find somebody good who can uh, help with you, help you with it. Um, I mean, I could spend all my time doing SEO, uh, and that, I mean, from a business standpoint, that might actually be uh, the best thing that I could do, but. Uh, but it's also incredibly boring, uh, all this uh, SEO stuff. So yeah, so so that's you know that that's kind of uh, that's where I spent the most of my money uh, on uh, on freelancers. Uh, cool. Yeah, you know I think uh, a lot of developers, whether they'll be able to verbalize this or not, are kind of averse to the idea of doing acquisitions. I think there's sort of a mentality of well, well I could just build that. So I'm curious uh, your thought process on making your first acquisition. Um, I, I think that's uh, super cool that you explored that and, and actually saw it through. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit more about this acquisition and, and what led you down that path. <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't something that I was pursuing uh, like uh, myself. It was kind of a, a bit coincidental in a, in a way. I wrote an article a couple of years back uh, talking about my story with uh, Online Solitaire. And then I got an email from the owner of, uh, of uh, World of Card Games. And we just kind of, you know, exchanged ideas. And uh, I gave her some advice and uh, she gave me some advice and uh, that sort of stuff. And then we just kind of kept in contact. And, you know, I liked the, the site and I didn't really know where to, uh, you know, to go from where I was uh, with online solitaire, right? You know, kind of how do you scale, <laughs> if you can say mm -hmm. that, right? Do you build iOS apps or do you go back to Mac apps or do you build like new games and which games to build, right? Uh, and then uh, at one point she uh, got thoughts about uh, selling the site. That kind of, you know, okay, that uh, uh, then it became interesting for me. Uh, and then, you know, I had a serious look at it and, uh, you know, we looked at it together and then, she ended up deciding uh, uh, selling it to me, which I mean, it's super 
uh, I really, I really uh, like the site. It's, it's built a, a while ago, so it needs some updating, uh, both design-wise and programming-wise. But I'm, uh, I'm uh, working on that. So I mean, there's a lot of work that needs to be, uh, be uh, put into it. But it's really got a, a lot of uh, great potential uh, for growth. Uh, and I mean, uh, in, in relation to uh, you know, programmers, yeah, they're notori- notorious for saying that you, you know, you can just build that yourself, right? And that's true with all things program. You can just build it yourself, but uh, some things take a long time to build. Okie dokie. A quick break. Are you a fan of games that challenge your mind and sharpen your skills? Dive into the world of Hey Good Game, where brainy fun meets creativity. Like Sudoku, but need a bigger challenge? Check out Kokoro Conquest. It's a fun test of logic and math skills. Then, get ready for Crosswordle. It's a matchup of Crossword and Wordle, a new take on word puzzles that will keep you guessing and engaged. You'll find those games and others at hey.gg. And now, back to the show. And uh, a solitaire uh, website, I mean, it might not uh, look that uh, complex, but it is a bit complex, and it will take you some time to build. Multiplayer card games, I mean, that's a whole other ballpark. The code base for, for World of Card Games is a, is a good uh, deal bigger than, uh, than uh, for online solitaire. And it's also more complex. Um, so, I mean, that would have taken me a long time to build uh, those games. And, and more important uh, than that, it already had a stable uh, user base, uh, which is something that's worth a lot of money. Um, even if I had to like scrap all the games and build everything from the ground up, I mean the the active user base and the, the it hasn't got like great rankings in Google, but I mean it's been up there for a while and it has decent rankings and Google trusts the site, and that's worth a lot as well. Um, so I mean you're not only buying a, a code base, um, you're buying a, a like current users, the current user base, and you're buying like a placement in Google or on the App Store, whatever it is you're buying, right? Um, so you're buying more than just a, a code base. There's a lot of interesting tie-ins too. I mean, that feels like it was just a natural fit, you know, in terms of being able to cross-promote Solitaire with World of Card Games. How do you deal with all of these new users? Like how do you, you wrote a blog post recently a little bit about email communication and how you're really trying to adopt email more. Like how do you, build that community, keep it going, not upset people in that transition? How do you think about these things? <laughs> I mean, you don't really. You, have, you I upset people. Uh, people <laughs> are very uh, upset. At least uh, some people are very upset. I mean, I keep the lines of uh, communication open. So people, they can uh, write me. It's very easy to find my email and they do write me and they complain or they... Uh, uh, they vent. Uh, I also have like a canny. Do you know a canny board? Yeah. It's like a you know, then people can come with their product ideas and stuff like that. Um, so people are also right there. And uh, I mean, it's just, I mean, the angriest people, they shout the loudest also, right? So uh, I can see on the Kenny board, it seems like there's a lot of angry people, but I also do get emails from people who are very happy uh, with uh, some of the recent changes. Uh, one of the recent changes that I made, uh, which pissed a lot of people off, was um, um, like a... a what he called it, like an, an AI checker for the for the chat. So people, they can chat with each other on the website, right, while they're playing games, as with all other places where people can communicate. There are some very uh, people who are saying horrendous stuff, right? <laughs> but just uh, absolute uh, assholes, right? Uh, or just have a, a tone that, 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 you know, it doesn't, fit with uh, with uh, uh, new users who are coming in oh so this was like a this was like a bot in the bottom corner kind of like an intercom chat window that was public no, no oh. it was just uh, like pe- people that were uh, able to chat with each other oh, right okay uh, uh, and then i integrated like an uh, artificial uh, i think it was a google project actually so i've integrated like an artificial intelligence uh, checker that can kind of uh, take a snippet of uh, text and then see how uh, they call it toxic, right? How toxic it is. Um, and then I can kind of, uh, well, the, the, the thing I'm doing really, I'm not really uh, saying you can't write it, but I'm uh, kind of giving people a pop-up saying, are you sure you want to write this, right? You're an absolute asshole. Are you sure you want to, you know, <laughs> post this? Uh, and then, you know, they can say, yeah, I want to post yeah. that, right? And then if they cross like a threshold or if they write like enough messages, uh, now I've also implemented that they're getting uh, automatically banned, right? 
you know, and it's like a three strikes and out thing, right? First for an hour, then a day, and then forever. I think it, it, it is that upset a lot of people, but, but mostly it was, I mean, there are some, you know, people who just really don't like that, you know, that people are checking on that, but it's not really like a public square. It's a card game website, right? And you're supposed to not be very, uh, you know, you're supposed to be a little polite. You would hope, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, also, then there are people who are really uh, happy with that. So, the, you know, you make changes, and the, every time you make changes, uh, you kind of piss some people off. Uh, but you have to make changes to uh, to move forward. What I do is that I also check. Uh, I can kind of see in the back end, you know, how many people visit the site, and approximately uh, in aggregate, uh, how much time do they spend on the site, and then if there are, you know bigger movements uh, in, in those uh, parameters, then I kind of get worried. But, you know, if I get three angry emails uh, uh, a single day, then, uh, you know, I, I usually take it a bit more cool these days. I don't, uh, yeah. It's just, I mean, change, changes are also annoying, right? We all know that. We, we, you know, most people don't really like changes. So you're, you're a, a one-person business. You just acquired a new website. I'm I'm trying to think about like what are your goals as a as a entrepreneur because there's kind of a a cap maybe in terms of like how much work you can actually do in a day how the quality of life you know in terms of like <laughs> what are you willing to uh to to give up I'm curious about your like your goals in terms of whether it's financial or freedom like how how do you balance this with with developing these games so I used to have uh, a goal, and that was uh, that I could kind of, you know, make a living from it. Uh, and then, you know, I reached that goal. Uh, so now I make a very comfortable uh, living uh, of it. And then, you know, I kind of have goals revenue-wise as well, but it's more like, you know, hitting that next little threshold, right? But it, I mean, it's not like a big goal. It's just like... A <laughs> We all like progress, right? You know, that's how humans are, especially when you put a lot of work into it. So you kind of want to see that next little uh, progress being being uh, made. But it's not like I have a big overarching uh, uh, goal. Um, I mean, I have goals with uh, what I want to accomplish uh, work-wise with uh, the projects. And I have lists and lists and lists of uh, stuff that I want to do. And I have like... Uh, also, I started making small, like quarterly uh, plans that I kind of uh, try to, you know, I, I use to guide me, you know, as to, you know, what I kind of want to uh, to implement in in this quarter, right? Uh, you know, big things, right? But it's not like uh, I have big, big goals. And I mean, now I also have a, a kid. So, I mean, I definitely feel that, uh, <laughs> that you know, I'm limited with time, right? You know, once you get a kid, you can't just, you know, okay, I'll just work till nine in the evening today, right? Um, and I'll work, you know, over the weekend or whatever because I feel like it. It just doesn't work uh, like that anymore. So now, you know, I work until five or whatever, and then whatever I can do uh, until that time, I do. And, you know, if I don't reach uh, my goal, uh, you know, with what I wanted to do that day or that week, you know, that's just how it is. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's also fine. Uh, that's kind of one of the, the great things of uh, being a, a one-person business is that, you know, you don't have anybody on the other end uh, giving you a deadline and, you know, there's no big deadline that you have to, to reach, right? Love it. Love it. I also, I also kind of consider myself more of uh, an indie hacker nowadays. Uh, I don't know if that's the term is still uh, like a – I think it's still a thing. Well, it's still a website at least. Yeah, so. it's still a website. And it's, you know, I think the, the thing that differentiates uh, an indie hacker from like an entrepreneur, a startup person or whatever, I mean, indie hackers are definitely still entrepreneurial, is that they have, a, they basically just want to run a small internet business and make a living of that. And uh, I think that's a, that's a great goal. I really like the, the freedom uh, of it, uh, that, you know, I can just kind of leave, uh, you know, the website for, for a while, for a week or even a month if I, if I wanted to do uh, and then do something uh, else. Like this spring, then I have a small summer house and it's very run down. Then, you know, I spend a couple of weeks, uh, you know, building a new shed and, uh, you know, painting and that sort of stuff. And I didn't have to worry about, you know, I could do, only do it in the weekends or whatever, right? Because you can, I can just kind of leave it, uh, the work and the website, and then just, you know, uh, go do other stuff if the, if the weather is nice. That sounds like a life, man. I do want to, I do want to touch on uh, something there. So, when you first launched this card game, it was 
I think you mentioned it was making about 20 bucks a month or maybe a day. I can't remember. Was it about a month or? I, th- I think it was the first day was 20, 20 bucks and then it was like $10 a day, uh, something like that uh, on average. Okay. And then in February of 2022, you're making about 50, or I'm sorry, in 2020, you're making about 1500 a month. That's, that's quite a leap. And then within a year and a half, you're making 10K plus a month. And I'm sure much more than that now with the acquisition. But what happened in that 2020 to 2022 range? I'm curious, like what went from 1500 to 10,000 a month? What did you do? Uh, sure. I mean, I implemented ads. Okay. <laughs> just, just ads. Just short ads. So um, actually, I, I created the website. I don't know how long it was ago, like uh, five, six years ago or something like that. I was living in New York and I had a startup and I was living the startup life and I had been doing so for three years and then things started to uh, turn tits up, right? Uh, so, uh, and I was kind of depressed and I was tired of programming and I was tired of, uh, I was just run down. Right, and then I kind of came back to this uh, this old uh, solitaire app that I had, and then I thought, okay, what if I made it into a website? You know, then I kind of uh, did that in my spare time, right? Just because I didn't know what else to do really, and that could be a fun little uh, project. And then you know, got up there on the internet, and then uh, I worked a bit on it uh, the next couple of years, but I didn't really do much. It, it was just kind of there, right? And I did see, you know, there were people starting to come in and it started to rank a bit better and that sort of stuff. But honestly, at that time, I thought that nobody earned money on ads anymore. I don't know why. I just had that perception that, you know, you couldn't earn money on ads. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I never clicked an ad, right? You know, why should yeah. anybody <laughs> right. else click it, right? So uh, I didn't think you could earn money on ads. And then it was uh, under the first uh, Corona lockdown here in the, in the, in Denmark, you know, I got uh, some more time on my hands. At that time, I was actually uh, studying uh, to be a mechanical engineer. I, I had kind of come home to Denmark and I became tired of programming and I couldn't see myself doing it for the next 40 years or whatever. Uh, so then I started studying uh, uh, again at the, the university. But then, you know, the lockdown, then I kind of went to my summer house uh, with my girlfriend and I had some more time on my hands and then I decided, okay, why not uh, try to implement some ads? Uh, and then I reached out to an ad network and I implemented their ads. And I can't remember how much uh, it earned me. It wasn't a lot. As, as you say, it might have been those $1,500 uh, a month or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, which is not a lot in, in, in terms of what I'm making now, but I mean, it's definitely great uh, when you're studying again, right? Um, but that, that's also when I you know, started taking it more serious because I had never really taken the project that serious, uh, even though it uh, earned me money because it was more like, a, a, you know, pocket money that it earned me, right? And it's a solitaire game, right? How could you take a solitaire game seriously? And, you know, then I had to start in New York. I mean, that was very serious. And you had investors' money, right? That was very serious as well, right? But, you know, a solitaire game. But then I said, okay, let's kind of give it a go, right? (laughs) I was still studying, right? So, you know, it was basically just uh, money on the side. So, which, I mean, I think that's a great way of of, uh, doing a side project is uh, doing it while you're doing other stuff because then there's not that big amount of pressure, right? Then it doesn't matter if it doesn't really take off or if it doesn't meet your expectations or whatever um, because you're doing other stuff, right? So this was like my side thing. But then, you know, I started to fix all these bugs that the website had and I started to, uh, you know, learn more about SEO, right? Which I hadn't really known much about, right? It had always been like a black box uh, to me, something that I'd been uh, scared uh, about. Uh, you know, and then I implemented all these uh, SEO uh, improvements, uh, and you know, I just got more serious uh, with the whole thing, right? And then I found a new ad network, and then you know, gradually, month after month, uh, things just uh, started taking off uh, in some sense. And I think uh, the the first month that I hit, it must have been almost ten thousand uh, uh, dollars, right? Uh, then I was like, okay, maybe I should really take this thing seriously. Right? <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's not just a silly little side project. Maybe it's something that I that I can actually uh, make a living from. Yeah, and then then I kind of, you know, took a half year off and I did uh, uh yeah, I just I just started to take the whole thing a lot more seriously, right? And then at some point, you know, I went full time on it. It's it's actually not that long a time ago I went full time on it because I didn't finish my studies that long a uh, uh, time ago. 
uh, but I did finish them, even though you know I'm not doing mechanical engineering right now, right? <laughs> so I don't know how useful it was, but at least it kept me occupied until I I found this. Did you start out with the uh, online dash solitaire dot com domain name or no? Actually, I think it was called. Uh, I can't remember. I can't even remember what the gay the, the domain name was called. I think it was like solitairecardgame.com or something like that. And actually, I did a big screw up at uh, at one point because uh, uh, I I got the domain name online-solitaire.com uh, at some point, uh, and it actually was somebody like a domain broker who reached out to me and said, "Hey, do you want to buy this?" And it's like a it was a thousand bucks or something like that and i was almost like nah i mean because you know i wasn't taking the game serious uh seriously at that point right but then i decided okay yeah it's definitely a better name let's just do it right with you know thank god for that (laughs) but then uh, i you know the way that you do switch a domain right is that you basically just do a redirect you might redirect the the sub site sub pages as well but you just do a redirect of the old domain to the new domain but then uh, and and then you know uh, you have a lot of other pages, you know, linking to the old domain probably, right? And then you get all that uh, SEO juice, you call it, right, um, to, to the new domain. So Google kind of uh, concatenates the two domains uh, and then, you know, rank you uh, uh, with all the SEO juice from the old domain. But at, at one point, I uh, I forgot to pay the bill for the, for the old domain because I wasn't using it anymore, right? And I didn't know much about SEO. And then <laughs> I could just see my rankings in google just absolutely tanked at uh, at one point and i think it was actually just after i implemented ads or something like that and started to take the the whole thing a bit more serious so so it was uh it was kind of a bad start uh to to that whole uh, thing but i mean i since then i've come up i mean now it's just like a small bleep in a graph right but at that time it was just like wow <laughs> it was like a long uh, long way down did that last for like a, a few months or w- was it longer than that? Because it dropped like 50%, I believe, from the graph. Um, yeah, I mean, it's dropped several times. I've also been hit by a, by a Google Core update uh, mm. at the, at one point. Um, but I think, it, I mean, the, the things that you're seeing on, the, on the, what do you call them, Mars, uh, on the SimRush or Ahref or whatever, it's at least for, for, for my website is quite different from, you know, what, what they're showing. So, so uh the drop, at least the recent drops, haven't been as dramatic as uh, as they look uh, on there. But I mean, at that time, it was a big drop. I think it was like eighty percent or seventy percent drop, and it lasted for for a good long while. So I mean, it was uh, it was not good. <laughs> it was it was not good. I definitely. I mean, uh, but that's it's it's good to know a little bit about uh, SEO, right? If you're running a like a like a website that really relies on on the on traffic from Google, right? So I can definitely uh, recommend uh, reading a bit up on SEO if that's the case. It's a good lesson. Yeah, <laughs> it's a <laughs> tough lesson. <laughs> so Holger, uh, I'm kind of curious, what's what's next for you? So you've you've got two websites that is taking up most of your time. Um, do you plan to do more acquisitions? I'm kind of curious, like what is uh, what's next for you? I think most of the time I'll be. Uh, most of my time, the next couple of years was, will actually go to World of Card Games because there's a lot of stuff that can be uh, done there. Uh, I've kind of, at least I feel like I've reached my limit with uh, with uh, Solitaire games. I mean, a lot of it is just uh, SEO-related stuff uh, nowadays. You can still add new features and such things, but it's, I mean, the return on investment, it's, uh, it's limited how much better you can uh, you can make them. Right now, I'm working on a big redesign of uh, World of Card Games, which will, will also make it mobile responsive, which it really isn't uh, right now, which is a big no-no in the eyes of Google these days, right? Uh, and also a big no-no in the eyes of the users, right? Because a lot of people are playing from mobile devices or from iPads and stuff like that. And when, once that in play, that's in place, then uh, I'll probably also uh, try my luck with the iOS apps uh, again. Uh, because unlike Solitaire, then uh, some of these games on World of Card games like uh, Hearts and Spades and uh, Double Deck Pinocchio, uh, and I mean the, all these games, there aren't that many of them on the uh, on the uh, App Store, uh, at least not in the uh, in true multiplayer uh, form. Um, so I think they have a bigger chance of 
of I mean surfacing to uh, to the top uh, when when people uh, search uh, for them. Um, and after I've, I've done this redesign, then I think they also then I think they'll also be up to par with uh, and maybe even better than the than many of the ones that are in the app store. And I mean, if that becomes uh, a success. And it's, it's it's always a big if. I mean, uh, I've had big plans before of you know implementing this or doing this, and then it's just like a, it doesn't take off, right? So, but I mean, if that becomes a big success, uh, then you kind of have something nice, right? Because then you have uh, something that can both be for the web and uh, and for the iPhone, and that is like a multiplayer card game platform, right? And there's a lot of uh, um, classic multiplayer card games. Um, so, so the next step after that would probably be to uh, to uh, expand the selection of uh, of card games on the on worldofcardgames.com. So, yeah. So, I mean, and and you know, there's enough work uh, in that to keep me occupied for uh, at least a year or two, I think. And and that's fine with me that I kind of uh, know what I'm doing. Well, I think I think that's a really interesting. I think especially since you were scraping App Annie for ideas for things to build and now you have however many i'm guessing millions of users at this point who are have or are playing your games and you get to use them like you you get to source ideas from your players and so i think you know you have this ability to to validate and i think that's your instinct and that's what's really interesting to me to um see like what's going to come for you i think there's a a wealth of knowledge that you have that you didn't have um before so that's kind of a cool cool story um and being able to tap that for, yeah. for new ideas actually I, th- I think the truth might be a bit simpler and a bit more boring uh which is that i stopped reinventing the wheel yeah. right that i just kind of uh, uh I, I took something that was already there something people already know and then i just tried to make it nicer and i mean that's not that sexy right but uh but it's nice right and it's and at least i've liked it right because then you can kind of finesse with the, the design and make it uh, how you really uh, like it instead of trying always when you try to reinvent the wheel then you kind of have to uh, you know find the people who would actually want this and uh, explain to them what it is and then you know convince them to try it out right you know i couldn't i couldn't fathom making a new type of game I mean, I think that would be so difficult. Then you kind of have to convince people to to try a game they they don't know nothing about, right? I, I would have no idea how to, you know, to do that. <laughs> Even though I, you know, I, I admire people who do it, right? But you know, I would have no idea how. That's just it's such a whole different uh, ball game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being here. I think uh, for people listening, there's you know, there's so many great things to come out of this talk in terms of like entrepreneurship, uh, indie hacking, building games, even if they seem boring at first, and then it, <laughs> there's potential for it to actually pay for your lifestyle, which is quite amazing. Well, thanks for having me. And if you have any uh, questions uh, or whatever, I mean, feel free to write me at uh, either Holger at World of Card Games or Holger at uh, online-solitaire.com. You know, I tend to to uh, uh, answer most people um, unless you're very, very rude, right? <laughs> Which most people aren't, um, even though it might take me a couple of days to, uh, to kind of get to it. Very good. Your, your story is really inspiring. And, and thanks for being with us, Holger. Mm-hmm.